Welcome to the Leadership in Yoga podcast hosted by me, Shauna Kruger. And on this podcast, I'll be bringing you interviews with exceptional leaders in the yoga world alongside trainings and tips so you can experience true breakthroughs and help others do the same. Leadership in Yoga, welcome back to another episode. And today I have Zoe Jane Mitchell here with me. Zoe is a certified yoga instructor and lover of all things health and wellness. She has lived and worked internationally and is currently based in Miami. And Zoe, I find your mission, which is, you know, to help everyone tap into their fullest potential to be extremely inspiring. And I would definitely say feels like it's in full bloom or at least in bloom, you know, with hundreds of thousands of followers across different platforms from Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all able to access that message. And honestly, entering into your world in the digital sense is like an instant dose of motivation. And so I'm very stoked to talk to you about what you do behind the scenes and essentially how you got to uh, where you are today. So welcome to the podcast. If you want to go ahead and say hello. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. That's so sweet. I'm happy to be here. Of course. And, you know, I often share this on this podcast, but I really live by this principle of if someone is doing something or being a way that inspires you, ask them for a cup of coffee to chat. And so this is sort of going to be like our virtual coffee chat, because for those of you tuning in, uh, Zoe and I have not talked like this before today. And so you're really hearing our initial conversation, which is a very special thing to be able to, to tune into. And we're going to go over everything from practicing yoga to the teaching of yoga and other themes will be confidence, dedication, consistency, uh, showing up for yourself and showing up for others. And I think that just about covers the main themes, but we'll we'll see what else emerges. And, you know, to kick it off, I think I just want to start with asking you the question that makes the most sense, which is how did you get your start? And I know that you mentioned or you wrote somewhere that you got your start in college and that you had kind of found the Instagram world of yogis and just you remember being very inspired by seeing the level to which a physical practice could evolve. And that kind of stuck out to me because that was my experience exactly. I remember having that same exact exposure and just being yeah. <laughs> mind blown. <Whoa. laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Oh my gosh, what is yeah. this? And just yeah, intrigued yeah. and pulled by it. So yeah, so how did you get your start? I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah. Um, so yes, it was through, well, Instagram was definitely a part of it. So my mom was the one who got me into yoga. She's, she's the OG. She's been practicing for years. Um, she brought me a couple times when I was in high school and at the time it didn't really resonate with me. Uh, looking back, I'm like, she probably should have, well, she like brought me to like more, not necessarily a beginner class, but more of like a slow flow and like, which is, I guess, fine because, you know, I didn't know any of the poses and stuff, but maybe if she brought me to more of an advanced class, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't, the, when she brought me in high school, it didn't really resonate with me, um, but I always kind of, you know, I always remembered it and always knew it, um, and I thought it was cool. And then I found yoga when I was, yeah, like, like you said, when I was in college and it was like around three things. So one, I found Instagram and I found the Instagram yogis and I was blown away by that. Um, two, I grew up very athletic. Um, 
and I, I'm from Connecticut originally, a small town in Connecticut. So I grew up with parents who are super outdoorsy from things like hiking, biking, skiing to they threw me into all of the sports growing up. Um, I did do gymnastics. I get asked that a lot. So mm-hmm. I do have a little background there. Um, when I was like a kid though, like I, I, I think I did maybe one or probably like one or two years of competitive gymnastics, but that stuff definitely lives in the body for sure. Mm -hmm, The body awareness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then I was also, I I was going through, well, so I grew up very active. And then when I was in college, my main sport was actually swimming. Sorry, I have to take a step back. Um, (laughs) And I was a competitive swimmer all, all throughout growing up. And then in high school, I quit competitive swimming, but I didn't want to fully uh, give it up. So I did the high school team. And I that that was kind of it for me. I was like, you know, it's just it wasn't as fun as growing up. Um, so I knew I didn't want to do it in school. And then when I went to college, I, I found I was like struggling to find ways to be active. Um, the gym just didn't like fully resonate with me. This is also like pre TikTok times, I guess I could have like used YouTube, but I didn't really use YouTube. I feel like to like look up videos it's more for like music so i didn't really know what i was ever doing at the gym and uh yeah i just w- I wasn't super active in college and i missed that part of my life um so i kind of got into running around my senior year and and from gymnastics i actually had tendonitis in both my achilles mm-hmm. tendons mm-hmm. so you need to stretch right so i remembered some of my some of the yoga poses i did from those few classes that i went to back in high school mm-hmm. and i would do things like down dog you know just like a little stuff here and there pigeon pose um so it was it was those two things and then i was also going through a, a tough time um like personally and mentally. And I think all of these three things manifested around the same time. And it was winter break, senior year, and I came home and I told my mom I wanted to go back to yoga and I went to the studio with her. And I think we went like almost every day throughout that entire month. And I just absolutely fell in love. I I was so therapeutic. Um, I was just so inspired and motivated. I am, and that was around the time I found Instagram and I was like, holy shit, like <laughs> I didn't know like yoga was handstands and like all of these crazy arm balances. Like I had no idea that that's what yoga was. And like I said, I'm from a small town in Connecticut. So my studio at home, my home studio where I first started, it was, you know, it was small, like very casual. It was mostly people around their 40s, give or take. I was probably one of the younger people there. Um, So when I went back to school for the last semester of senior year, I went to Yoga Works in Boston. I don't know if you're familiar with Yoga Works, big, big franchise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where it kind of really all started. And I would just try to go as often as I could with my class schedule. I convinced my my parents to pay for, for my yoga membership as my form of therapy. And, um, yeah, I was hooked and I knew it was something I would be doing the rest of my life for sure. That's incredible. I love how you have that, that direct memory of like the moment that the immersion began for you of going every day and just like knowing that this is for you and it's going to be with you. Did you intend to teach or was that something that kind of was an afterthought for you or just happened? 
Um, I feel like I was like in the beginning, like kind of very hard on myself with my practice. I felt like I needed to be like, like have a certain skill set down before teaching. Um, I didn't think too much about it. I was practicing for about a year before I did my yoga teacher training. Um, I graduated school. I moved back home with my parents in Connecticut to save up money, to pay off student loans. And they had their teacher training going on at my home studio right, right around that same time. And my mom definitely encouraged me to do it. And I was like, ah, like I was, you know, I, I had thought about it, but I, I guess I didn't think I was ready. But timing then was perfect with being home and um, that teacher training schedule worked out great with my nine to five job that I was working at the time. So I was like, all right, you know, let's do it. Um, but I didn't have like a full intention to go right into teaching after graduation. I was just kind of like floating around, I guess, seeing kind of what would happen. And then shortly after I graduated, um, it was only a few months later that the pandemic happened. So even if I wanted to teach, it wasn't, it wasn't really going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It, so did, then did you end up starting teaching online or you did get into a studio? When did you really start teaching? When I was in Tulum. So I was in Tulum for about a year and a half. And then I was in Mexico City uh, previously before coming to Miami. Um, so Miami still pretty new for me. But yeah, I started teaching um, really starting there was in Tulum. You know, I started with teaching some friends, little small groups here and there. Um, And then, yeah, I found and made my way into Holistica, which is a really popular and cool place in Tulum. Um, I was teaching at this other little boutique in Aldea Zama in the neighborhood that I lived in. And I would do some little workshops here and there at some of the hotels, which was really cool. And yeah, that that's it. It all bloomed kind of there in Tulum for me. And that's, I also started teaching online there as well. That's where I started building my whole uh, yeah. social media following. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay, maybe I can like take this seriously. Uh-huh. When was the moment that you, it hit you like, oh, wow, I could take this seriously. Like this could be what I do. <laughs> do you remember? Was it a certain moment? Um. <clears throat> I, I don't know if it was like a certain moment necessarily. I feel like with the pandemic, maybe a lot of us were probably like just yeah. floating around, not really sure of like, like who knew, like there's points where it's like, who, who knows what the next year will be like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I got laid off from my job, which was blessing in disguise you know um so I fully kind of dove in and decided to really pursue it and really put forth the energy um and investing and growing my social media following and I was already teaching and you know things just started falling into place um my boyfriend's been super supportive he always was in the beginning so yeah I don't know if it was necessarily an aha moment it was it was just kind of like all right, well, I'll, I'll try this and I'll, I'll see how it goes. And it's kind of been like that throughout the whole time. I think it's a lot of faking it till you make it. Yeah, for sure. Especially in the, in the social media realm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so nice to, you know, to hear for, for all of us. I think it's really inspirational and it does remind us that you don't have to have everything figured out with a direct plan. You can, you can get oh, into God, it and no. see how it goes. Right. 
So what would be your advice for someone who looks at where you are today and says, hey, (laughs) that looks pretty cool. I'd like to be doing that. Like, I like that, that lifestyle. Like, how can I, how can I get some more of that for myself? What would your advice be to them? I would say, absolutely. I would say, look, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, You know, go for it. Give it your all. Don't let anyone hold you back. Um, And I would say it is a lot of hard work. (laughs) I would say it looks probably a lot more glamorous than it might be. Um, But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way and you'll you'll be able to make it work. But have have some support. yeah, and, and be pre- be prepared to hustle for sure. Maybe I think a lot like of his... yoga teachers know that. As well. Sorry, I feel like a lot of yoga teachers know that as well, especially whether they have a an online presence or or want one or don't. Um, if someone's just going to teach yoga full time, like it, whew, you you've got to you've got to hustle, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. What yeah. do you feel like has been the hardest part of the experience? <sighs> That's a good question maybe getting out of my own way yeah yeah I think a lot of us I'm sure a lot of people can can resonate with that you know um yeah you really just have to put yourself out there and consistently do do the work and just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying that's what I would say. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fascinating because you really strike me as so confident and like your confidence and personality, I feel like comes across so well online. And so is that something that you feel like is one of those things that you had to get out of your own way for, or was that something that kind of came a little bit more natural to you in terms of just showing up online? Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure in the beginning, I'm sure it was tough. I mean, yeah, in the beginning, it's tough when you have like no followers and, you know, you you have your friends and family like looking at you like, what is this? Like my family is one of those that where we give each other shit all the time. Um, so yeah, maybe in the beginning it was tough, but I, I, my best advice to someone now if they wanted to do social media, social media, um would be to like to know that you don't make your content for your friends and family you make it for the people it's meant to reach and when you change that mindset it makes it so much easier because yeah maybe it was harder when I first started and I didn't have the followers or whatever and then it grows and it gets a little bit easier but there's still times where it'll be like you know even now I'll make a post about something and I'm like look at it after and I'm like oh my god this is like so silly like no one cares you know but then it's like whatever just post it anyways like it's there for the right people and that's all that matters yeah yeah similarly I feel like there's totally a moment of changing over your social media because I changed my own like personal social media so everyone from high school and all my family you know still following this account and I'm like surprise it's yoga now. (laughs) And it literally felt like a second puberty. Like I felt so uncomfortable in this new kind of identity online, but it does, yeah, it does get easier, I think. Um, So I love that. Do you have any other just tips for trusting the process? And that doesn't have to be about social media 
in it could be about your practice in general about yoga yeah um don't compare yourself to anyone else um if it's about your yoga journey remember that what you're seeing online it looks like it was an overnight success whether that's the following whether that's the practice the handstand whether that's teaching to a room of 100 students it doesn't happen overnight um so trust exactly where you are like we all start somewhere i tell my students i can't like stress that enough you know like and I think it also kind of goes into a little bit of the faking it till you make it. And that can be applied also to whether it's social media, whether it's showing up as a teacher, um, you know, say like when I started, uh, actually, I remember my first class, you know, what? no one showed up. I had taught a workshop, not a soul showed up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, like, it... you know, it happens like. Or you have one, like, even if you have one or two people in your class, three people, whatever it is, like, you know, really, like, that that's still a beautiful class, like, teach it, give those people, like, the attention, like, crush it, like, and, and, and enjoy it for what it is, because that you, ha- you have to start somewhere, and that will prepare you, whether it's your, your goal or dream to be teaching to a big crowd of people or, or have your own studio, that, that will prepare you, right? Um, you definitely can't, I would say you have to be like reasonable with yourself and having to kind of go through the struggle to get to the, these points of what we see as success or what we want for ourselves as success. Um, right. If I, if I didn't, if I didn't experience teaching to just a few people, I didn't experience getting over the nerves and all of these things, like how could I expect to be able to walk into a room to teach to a hundred people or, or to be teaching on, on some big platform. You know what I mean? Totally. So even if that's starting with like your YouTube, right. Maybe only a few people watch it or whatever, but that's getting you comfortable with being there with being on a mic. Like all of these things are helping you along the way. Absolutely. And imagine, you know, that's, it's so interesting to hear from, from people like you. And when you say, okay, nobody came to my, my first workshop, you know, and imagine if that would have discouraged you, you know, right. Imagine if that was like, all right, apparently this isn't for me. (laughs) Nobody likes me or nobody cares or whatever, like the internal dialogue is, but you, you stuck with it and you had the consistency and the discipline to, to keep going. And that is actually one of the other things that I did want to ask you about, because I think to get to a sort of extraordinary level in terms of both your practice where it's like you've crossed the threshold of what the average person can do many times over right and you've also crossed that threshold in the realm of social media and so it's fascinating to me and and I love you know talking to folks like you to kind of distill okay what is discipline and like what is sticking with it like what what does it take <laughs> you know so i'm curious if you have any thoughts on 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 creating discipline and creating consistency like do you have sort of like rules or routines or promises that you make to yourself that you don't let yourself break that are just non-negotiable or is it more of kind of an intuitive process for you if that makes sense yeah um well, I mean, again, thank you. It's that's really lovely to hear. It's funny because, 
you know, it's, you say that and I think it's sometimes it's nice to hear because it makes me take like a step back. And I'm, again, I think this can resonate with like a lot of people where we, it's, it's, you really want to take a moment to step back and appreciate your journey and see how far you come. Um, Cause everything can be relative, right? Like you maybe think I have an amazing practice and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I know I do, but then again, I maybe in my world or the people I'm following, right. I'm seeing like contortionist level, like, you know, just <laughs> literally like extreme one handed, you know, how crazy it can get on Instagram, but totally. like that's the stuff I'm looking at versus maybe someone who's just started and they're like, wow, if I could just yeah. get, you know, my down dog, right. Or something, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's so nice to hear that. Um, discipline. Huh. I don't know if I necessarily make myself promises. I certainly have a lot of goals and I part of like, like maybe a form of discipline for me is, is writing them, those down and sharing it and discussing it with the people who support me so they can be there to support the journey and, you know, help me out when I, I need that help. And I think that's a big thing, right? Um, looking for help or asking for help and those who will support you. Um, Discipline, morning routines. That's been a recent big one for me, for sure. I've struggled for, it wasn't until recently that I had a like set morning routine. Um, And that's been a big game changer for sure. So for me right now, it looks like waking up, I have my cold plunge. I love that. I do that every morning. Come out, have my first little beverage to rehydrate, meditation. I try to read 10 pages every morning. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, as long as I can get a few of those things, not check my phone when I first wake up for at least an hour, at least. Mm I've tried to be really good at that 90% of the time I am. And then of course, when you're like, oh shoot, I have to check it for this one thing. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'm there looking at my phone, right? I can't even pick it up just to look at one thing. It's crazy. Yes. Um, yes. That helps a lot. Discipline and the practice. I think it ebbs and flows. It has for me. There's definitely been times where I've been super like practicing all the time, practicing all the time, showing up. Uh, going to classes and then there's been times where maybe not so much um sometimes I'm teaching a lot like so I physically can't like don't even have the time to really practice as much for myself as I would like to but yeah it's finding that balance and again for me I'm I'm happy with knowing that it ebbs and flows and kind of riding the waves um when they're there right like if I'm in this zone in this mood to be practicing all the time i'm gonna ride that out as long as i can for sure because maybe in the next month or so i won't feel like it but i'll be doing something else right yep and i think that's uh something actually one of my my yoga one of my yoga teachers said um in my teacher training she was like you know maybe this month i wasn't practicing so much but she was a writer she's like but look how much writing i did Right. So it's kind of finding that balance and and you can't always be so hard on yourself, I think. Completely. Yeah. And I love the way that you you said all of that, because then it's like you're not, you know, living to check some boxes. Right. Uh, Like It's in the morning. If you feel like you're going to read, 
you have the intention to, but if it's really just not the moment and you'd rather write or you'd rather be creative or whatever, it's, you're not going to hold yourself back from that. Absolutely. I think that's so powerful. Even the other example of, okay, I didn't practice a lot that month, but last month I did. And this month I I created something with the energy that I had and look where that's going to take me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You never like know what will open up for you and always keep exploring for sure. Absolutely. And that's part of like yoga in itself, like keeping that curious mindset. Totally. How else, because I feel like you, you show up so consistently for other people, you know, you, you teach a bunch and (laughs) you show up online. Is, are you prepping for this or is it more of just part of your routine now? And it, it doesn't really take I don't want to say it doesn't take energy from you, but it doesn't feel like an energy drain, I guess, to show up so consistently. It's the question. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I read that, I was like, hmm. Oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> yes. Am I taking enough time for myself? Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. It's it good to point out. Um, well, I feel like for me, teaching is kind of like riding a bike um, because when I was when I was in Mexico, I was teaching, teaching all the time. And then when we moved back to the States and we're moving like in the process of moving to Miami, um, cause we got our place, we were doing renovations. So we were in and out of Airbnb, stuff like that. Like I was not teaching. Right. So I was out of teaching yeah. for, for a few months. Um, and I taught a workshop. That was my first, first thing of me back into my teaching hats when I here in Miami and um it went it went great but like there I knew I could definitely improve right but it was still it was still very good like I knew I taught a very good workshop but I'm like okay I know how like I know these little things to tweak um that will make it better for the next one and for me now that I've been teaching for almost two years I think maybe two years I don't even really know with with the with COVID um yeah, it's kind of like riding a bike. So once you have it, like, I feel like after a year or so of like consistently teaching, it's, it's pretty much there. If you stop for a while, it might take like, it might be like, you know, a little rusty first ride, but you'll, you'll be fine. At least that's my experience. Um, so when it comes to teaching, I, I actually don't prep much. <laughs> maybe sometimes I'll think about something I want to work the class up towards, whether that's a pose or whether it was a creative sequence that came to mind when maybe I was on my mat earlier. Um, but I don't hold on to anything too much because I learned early in my teaching days that you can go in with an intention and then maybe you'll see your students and you're like, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is so not going to work today. So yeah, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually best. I was going to say that sometimes I like try to like be in in my own mind and not be talking too too much right before I'm about to teach, whether that's like five minutes before, but actually I was teaching a class the other day. It was last weekend, last Saturday and um, some of my friends showed up. So I was talking to everyone and it was probably one of my fullest classes I've had yet. So it was just buzzing energy and we were chatting away. And then I just started the class and went right into it. And it was an excellent class. And I think 
maybe it's because I didn't even have time to even think about it. And like, yeah. it just, it just happened there. It was like full intuition in the moment and it was, and it mm-hmm. was excellent and beautiful. Um, and yeah. And that like, even now, so like I can go into a class and like, again, I, I've been teaching a while now and I'm, I'm very, I feel quite confident in myself, but there will be certain things that will kind of like throw me off or throw your confidence or be like, Oh, like, like, um, another teacher came into my class the other night and I was like, oh, like you're coming to my class. Like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I can't wait to have you. But I'm like, oh, like I have another teacher in my class. You know, I, ho- I hope it's good. And you start like noticing those little things. Um, yeah. So sometimes, yeah, it's just best when I just, just go and not, not have time to talk to yourself and your head. Just not even allow that. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting you say that because I was, I had sort of a similar thing and I still don't like to be distracted with things before Before. teaching especially not news things that I have to do or whatever but I do so much better if I'm able to and I have the time to go around and talk to students before and introduce myself to the ones that I don't know yeah Um, I am so much more comfortable it's very very fascinating but you kind of answered the question I had in mind which is let's say 15 minutes from now you have the opportunity to teach um at international yoga festival on a giant (laughs) venue in Dubai or something how would you prepare how would you prepare yourself like you have 15 minutes like what's your process 15 minutes and I'm on stage (laughs) um yeah yeah I mean I guess I would ask some questions about the festival and who's showing up and like what they're kind of looking for but yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think I answered the question. It's really not kind of getting into your head too much and believing and trusting yourself that you are qualified and you are prepared and and also remembering it's just yoga. It's not that serious. Like people are, you know, here to uh they're they're here for you, but they're, you know, they're here for fun and the energy you give out like is is what they will take in in return so if I'm I'm lighthearted and I I can be silly and I'm like making jokes like they will feel that too and they will they won't feel maybe so uncomfortable or you know um not confident in the class maybe sure yeah in I feel like we kind of touched on this before as well but do you or like did you ever get hit with pretty strong imposter syndrome that was like impeding you from showing up in that energetic way that you wanted to because I feel like sometimes there's kind of this cloud of anxiety that yeah. can take over and then it makes it hard to be in that energetic state oh yeah I've definitely had that for sure are you kidding still still today <laughs> sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome or still today like if someone comes to my class and they're like oh my god I've been following you I'm like wow really like you know like wow really like oh my god like that's amazing um definitely when I started teaching yes I I was always very confident in my ability um and I always felt like yeah you know I'm a really strong good teacher but I was so nervous when I first started teaching it took a couple months to really shake off those jitters and I found personally, I love, I, I was better and more confident at teaching people who I didn't know. 
if I totally. knew, if I like, if it was someone I knew, or if it was friends, or especially if it was friend, other teacher or yogi friends who were coming. Oh my gosh, I would be so nervous. Um, and then that would, yeah, like there, there was definitely times where I'm like, oh fuck, like it, the class could have gone better, but I was so nervous that it just didn't come out the way I wanted it. Um, yeah. But I think that's it's just like you know what, it's part of the process what are you gonna do like you're not gonna beat yourself up over it it happens just keep going um just keep believing yourself and the right people will come for you and it slowly builds and like you know you'll get you know maybe you you, like maybe i taught a class that didn't necessarily go well but then the next class i teach um a student comes up to me after and they're like wow you know i loved this i loved your class so much and you get that little compliment or something and it's like okay you know like that could be just what like I needed or, or whoever's listening to this, like that could be just what you need to keep, to keep that motivation, to keep going. Yes. Yeah. And that's such a good reminder too. I've tried to be better about that myself since I started teaching is tell people when you appreciate or enjoy something, because a lot of times your face isn't saying that during class. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the yoga Zen face is just not so necessarily easy to read you know definitely had that experience of seeing someone's face and thinking that they're not that into it and then it turns out talking in the hall afterwards and saying I'm gonna come back next week that was so awesome and so that's a good reminder to to say it when when you feel it yeah absolutely and and to like know that too as a teacher right be like you know what you can't even tell you can't tell yourself stories too right yeah absolutely because who knows what they were thinking? Like, who knows what day they've had? That's like yes. another thing, right? Like, you never know who's walking yes. through that door. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, not to projecting. Your, yeah, not projecting. Just to do your best to again, like, show up in your in your own way, authentically, and and to have fun with it. And yeah, that's all, that's all you really can do. Yeah. I wanted to ask one more question, just kind of about getting in the state to to teach. Because something that I found, especially if you're like not really prepping or over planning your classes and you're kind of just trying to to go with the flow and like really be there and really see people and be in your highest state of being that you can. I have found just certain little tricks. And so I was curious, like if you've found things that work for you for you or not necessarily, or you don't really think of it that way. But for me, if I do something like a Wim Hof breathing not immediately before, but earlier on in the day, like that'll really help me kind of get out of whatever energetic state I was in before and into a teaching state. Do you have things like that or, or not necessarily set ones? Um, I, I, you know, I do. At first when you were asking, I was like, hmm, I don't think I do, but I do. Um, and it's something I learned from one of my teachers, my teacher who I took my teacher training with, shout out Anne Falkowski. Um, she was like, <laughs> you know, you're, your student, when you're in the class, and especially if you're a, a new teacher and you're nervous, the students will be able to pick up on that energy and they'll be able to tell if you're not breathing. So remember to breathe with them. Um, and so even nervous or not, whatever, just really trying to get everyone centered and kind of almost on that same wavelength. Just even in that beginning, seating, centering, just taking a big, deep breath with them. Really just. 
and just like arriving yeah and like doing that a few times and really just feeling into that and really just arriving here in the moment that that will always help for sure I love that and and remember to slow down too like Mm-hmm. I think um, that would be good advice. Mm-hmm. This could be good advice to anyone who who's a new teacher. Like, take your time. Don't worry. You can have stu- you can have your students hold for a few rounds of breath. Like, you do not need to rush. Like, you mm-hmm. are good. Breathe with them. Compose mm-hmm. yourself. Take a moment. <laughs> then speak. Then cue whatever it is. Like, yeah, that helps yeah. a lot for sure. Yeah. That, that's so true. I think there is kind of that need to to fill the space with, <laughs> with voice, constant yeah. noise and voice and movement. So that is good. That's a good. Yeah. I think that's something good to focus on getting comfortable with, actually, yes. as kind of a first step yep. with the silence, like with the space yep. in, the, in the room. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I have one more question before the wrap up question, but I just wanted to get your take on what makes an exceptional class? Like what makes an exceptional yoga class in your opinion, right? Because it's always people have preferences, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear what yours is. I, I love, I love to, I want to go to a class and I want to learn. Like I want to learn something new. I want to hear a cue said in a different way. I want to know why I'm doing this pose or like where to be breathing into or where to rotate like my hip like I love like the cueing and I love things being broken down and I love when a class even if it's like a power class I I like I typically do go to a power class like that's Mm -hmm. kind of my thing that's my jam um and I love when a class is like intentionally curated and built up versus something that might just be like like all at once in your face you know what I mean yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's I I love that I love yeah it's just very intentional like it feels like there's a purpose behind the movement exactly and a purpose to each and a purpose to each movement and and again that that why right like Mm -hmm. and that's something I try to incorporate as much as I can into my classes, right? Like if I'm having my students do a certain drill, maybe it's shoulder push-ups and dolphin. Okay, why are we doing this? Okay, because this is going to help you build strength for your inversion practice, you, you know, all the things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also kind of wanted to ask now, what makes an exceptional leader? And it doesn't have to be a yoga teacher. Like if you have a different example of someone in your life or not necessarily even in your life, but maybe even someone that you look up to, but yeah. What makes an exceptional leader or exceptional teacher? Hmm. Exceptional leader. Well, I think an exceptional teacher would be someone who always remains a student, who's always eager to learn, who is always open to, to questioning things to mm-hmm. understanding or being open to the fact that maybe they aren't right, right? That there's, oh, there's always a different way things can be done. I think that mm-hmm. makes um, an excellent teacher, an excellent leader as well. I think Absolutely. mostly remaining to be open. And I think yeah. that can be easier said than done. Um, for some people, I think it's kind of you might be surprised to 
not find that as much as you think you would in the, the yoga space. But mm -hmm. yeah, remaining to be yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love that one. Chills. <laughs> I think it's so true. You know, leadership or or in as a teacher in general. Um, absolutely. Okay. Well, we have arrived at the wrap up question. This is the billboard question. Oh. It's a question I ask everybody, and essentially, it's if you had a billboard and you could put anything that you wanted on the billboard, and everyone in the world was going to see it, what would be the message that you would put there? Um, or, you know, this could be a mantra that you live by. It could be just whatever pops into your head right now. It could be something that we haven't mentioned that's important to you, even if it's not necessarily yoga related. It could be anything you want on, on your billboard. Oh, shoot. You know, I remember reading this question yesterday <laughs> and I was like, what is it? Um, what would my billboard be? you know there's a couple things i like people will forget what you say but they will always remember how you made them feel and i think that's very important also as a teacher and just mm -hmm. for anyone but mm -hmm. especially if you're going to be in a teacher or leader role right mm -hmm. um i'm sure you i know myself have had times where whew, you'll hold on to that that feeling right so you, you want to totally. make sure it's a good one. Um, and also how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. You know? That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh -huh. So just really being intentional, right? Yep. What it yep. kind of comes down to for me. Um, and that one's definitely easier said than done for sure when it comes to the little tasks, whether that's, you know, doing the dishes or or emails or whatever but yeah how you do one thing is how you do everything um and i feel like things like the cold plunge and stuff help me stay more disciplined in that area all of these things yes. i try to do to like keep training that discipline a little bit more mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. i love it yeah i find that to be super motivating i don't remember when i heard that the first time but it definitely does stick with me. And sometimes I wish it would go away because I'm like, I just, I, I don't want to do that right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it's very true. It sets the tone, you know, it sets the tone for everything else. Yes. So and it can say a lot about do. a person too, right? Yeah. yeah, it can. It can. Well, this has been so lovely chatting with you. I really appreciate your time. It's been fun hearing more from you and, and getting to know you and I wanted to ask you know where can people find you where can they practice with you, you can plug of course uh social media upcoming projects anything anything that yeah uh, people can work with you on yeah so um you can find me at zoejanemitchell.com I'm teaching live classes I'm currently teaching like live classes all throughout the week so come through um I will be opening and launching my membership soon, maybe within the next month or so. So that will be very exciting. All of that can be found on my website. Uh, people can also find me on Instagram, which is also Zoe Jane Mitchell. And that is my YouTube as well, where I have some free classes. Um, and my TikTok, you can find me there too. Zoe, that's Zoe <laughs> J Mitchell. No Jane on that one. But yeah, thank you so much, Shauna. This has been absolutely lovely.
Yeah, thank you. And to everyone that's made it this far in the episode, thank you for for listening all the way to the end. And we send you love and we'll catch you in the next episode. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.